So we have this, you have this challenge, right? We have this, this invitation about, about being uh, in this cloud of witnesses of people who, who walk by faith, maybe not by sight, but simply walk by faith. Uh, in fact, what we're going to do today is we're going to continue our study of the gospel of Luke, and we're going to look at a different passage and, and answer the question, well, well, how do we do that? How do we walk well and respond well to this invitation that, that God is really extending to each and every one of us? You see, I got to tell you, I love getting invitations because what an invitation tells me is that somebody's thinking about me, that, that, that I matter in their lives and they want to invite me to be a part of something special that's happening. And, and this time of year, of course, it's, it's graduation invitations, uh, grad parties, it's invitations to weddings. Those are a lot of the invitations I get. But I have to tell you, I am the worst at responding to invitations, especially wedding invitations, because in my mind, I figure, like, I have to be there. I'm the officiant, so do I really have to respond to said wedding? I'm, I'm just going to make sure I'm there. Uh, I'm planning to be at the service. And, and while I realize that, that the reception is the part that most people look forward to, I don't, because what happens nine times out of ten is that the, the couple places me at an obscure table with, with some distant relative that they don't know what to do with. And so, hey, here's an idea. Put Pastor John with them. He gets along well with it, pretty much anybody. But, but it's hard when, when the people that we invite don't in, respond to that invitation. Or they make up an excuse of why they can't be there. Or maybe they said, yeah, I saved the date. Yeah, it's on my calendar. But when that time comes, that they fail to, to just show up. And it stings when there's that empty spot at the table. And that person we are hoping to be there is missing. And we've all experienced it. We've all experienced that sense of being let down or that sense of disappointment, whether at a party for a birthday or anniversary or a celebration for an achievement, maybe a milestone or, or a special event, even just simply as a family get-together. And what, then we're like, well, what do you mean you can't make it? What do you mean you can't be there? I was hoping that you'd be there. What makes it worse is what the excuses that they give really don't hold water. You kind of see right through them and you're like, well, that's not any excuse at all. You see, last week we heard how Jesus is inviting us uh, to, to not only receive his gift of grace and forgiveness, mercy, new life, but to partner with him in the work of his kingdom, to allow his Holy Spirit to, to not only pour into us, but so that we can pour out into others. And it's about serving others. It's not necessarily about what we can get out of someone or something, but it's about what we give. And when we as a church understand that that's how we are to serve and to live our lives in glory and praise to God, the church is, is on the rise. And, and so what we want to do is we want to answer that question of Jesus with a resounding yes. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 simply puts it this way. For in him, every one of God's promises is yes. In Jesus, all that God promised is a yes. And for this reason is through him that we say amen to the glory of God. We say, let it be so. Thanks be to God. I agree. And it's his point in this text for today that one of the dinner guests on hearing this said to him, blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And I don't know if it's my age or stage in life. Maybe it's my maturity level. But this text, whenever I read that section of scripture, kind of reminds me of every Adam Sandler movie where Rob Schneider yells out from the crowd, you can do it, right? That, that's what it reminds me of every single time. Blessed is he who can eat bread in the kingdom of God. Let's, let's praise this, right? And I just love that enthusiasm. 
I love that, that heart and that spirit as if to say, yeah, Jesus, uh, I'm liking what you're saying. Yes, Jesus, I, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling that passion and, and everyone else around me needs to know it and they need to feel that too. And so I exclaim with my voice, blessed be anyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God. And maybe right now, this morning, you can identify that. Maybe, maybe you can identify with there's that hope that you have and that hope that you cling to when it comes to your faith. That, that one day we too and all believers will, will see our Heavenly Father face to face. That we too will be a part of that great banquet right in heaven. Uh, in fact, as we celebrate communion, we, we celebrate that as a foretaste of that feast to come. That celebration when we gather with all believers in our Heavenly home. And if we're not stoic, if we weren't so reserved, we, we actually might uncross our arms and be like, oh, praise Jesus. We might actually unleash our voices and, and sing hallelujah and thanksgiving to God for what he has, he has done for us. Maybe there'd be some sort of response to what Jesus has done for us. And so that shout goes out, blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And instead of Jesus kind of getting caught up in this, right? What, what happens is he shares a parable of the great dinner, or what I like to call the parable of the great excuses, as he uses this opportunity to, to check their hearts and their spirits and ask the question, make them search for themselves. Well, well, am I really living into, am I really living out this faith that I just profess? I heard what you said, Jesus goes, but, but I want to tell you a story. I want you to listen for just a moment. Verse 16. Then Jesus said to him, someone gave a great dinner, invited many. At the time for the dinner, he sent out a slave to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to do what? Make excuses. And this isn't the first time that Jesus steps into the stuff where, where people are making excuses. We see this in Luke chapter 9, verse 57 and following. We also see it right after our text for today in Luke chapter 14, verse 25 and following where Jesus is challenging the crowd to consider and to think about, well, what does it truly mean to follow? Well, what is the cost of, of discipleship? And are we ready to follow Jesus and to place our faith in his hands? Because it's from that relationship with Jesus that, that all of the rest of our relationships and all the rest of life, for that matter, falls into place, or at least it should. And while we might say it with our voices, right? We might proclaim it with our voices. The question is, do we live it? Does it show forth in our actions, or, or, or is it something that we do in word only, or, or maybe in theory, or, or maybe when that time comes that we need it, then, then we'll engage in that thing called faith. So, so let me ask you, where have excuses gotten the way of, of our following Jesus, of living into this life of faith that he really is calling and inviting us to be a part of, not just something that we experience, but, but to be a part of with him in the work of his kingdom? So, so let's look, turn back to Luke chapter 14, verse 18, and, and the list of excuses that the guests give in our text for today. And here's the deal. Our first instinct is to say, well, well, I don't have any oxen, uh, and so this really doesn't pertain to me. But, but each and every one of these excuses that are given in our text for today fall into these three categories, possessions, pursuits, or people. Let, let's look at excuse number one, verse 18. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I must go and see it. Please accept my apologies. So let me ask you, how often do our possessions get in the way of our following and our walk with God? 
our ability to respond freely to his invitation, or, or are we too weighed down and consumed by those things that, that we have, that, that we're not able to step in those places and spaces where he's calling us to be? That, that's excuse number one. And, and what would it mean to simplify our lives? What would it mean to simplify our lifestyles so that maybe we could be more ready to step into those places? The next person's excuse along the same lines, but this time it's related to work, and that tends to be the hurdle of our lives, right? Our pursuits, our schedules, our, the demands on our time. Anybody out here feeling stressed and pressed by, by what they have to even do this afternoon or as they're thinking about what they need to get done this next week, right? And, and how do you fit this faith thing in along the way? How, how do you do that when, when I feel like I have no time that I'm burning the candle on both ends and the middle on a daily basis? So what is, is that hurdle for you? Uh, another one. And it says, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and, and I'm trying to get them out. Please, please accept my apologies. And this one, this third excuse right here, uses people in this excuse. And I can't tell you how many times I, I've used my poor family as an excuse. I can't be there because, right? But that's our tendency as well. Another said, I've just married. How often we leverage others, those closest to us. Well, well my kid has this, and, and my spouse is going to be there. And, and so I can't live into that faith as, as I hoped that I would. So what is it for you? What excuse trips you up from time to time? Is it in terms of your possessions, pursuits, people? Or maybe it's a combination of all three. So in one breath, we affirm the promises of Jesus, and we, we might even lift up our hands. We might even shout an amen or a hallelujah or hosanna. Yet in the next, we come up with excuse after excuse after excuse of why we're unable to follow, of why it's not convenient at this time, of why other things take priority and precedence. And we don't want to use the word priority, right? Because, because we know what the priority should be. See, here's the deal, church, an excuse whether it comes, when it comes to following God and Jesus, no matter how good that is, is still a bad excuse. And I want to say that again. An excuse when it comes to our following God or Jesus, no matter how good, is still a bad excuse. And some of you right now are reeling from the effect of excuses in your own lives, aren't you? Well, I couldn't do this because... Well, I couldn't keep my promise because. Well, well, I couldn't be faithful because. And that hurts because you take that excuse to the end. And what winds up happening is you realize how empty that excuse can be. And how harmful that excuse can be. And rather than giving you this laundry list of excuses and listing things that, that you might be dealing with this morning, I'm just going to ask a question. What is the excuse that you deal with time and time again? What's, what's keeping you from truly experiencing and living into the life that God calls you to in, in every aspect, in every facet of your life? What's, what excuse is keeping you from experiencing the things you hear about, the things we, we talk about, the things we claim and cling to? Now take that excuse that you have been using, work it to the end of that excuse, and how does it hold up? How does it hold up in light of, of who God calls you to be and what God calls you to do? How does it hold up over time? Now, please hear me. This isn't meant to make you feel guilty, but it's an invitation to be real with ourselves. Okay, it's maybe to make us feel a little bit guilty, but prayerfully, prayerfully, that conviction of our hearts will be a call to action, an opportunity to respond. And, and you know what? I'm just going to talk to our graduates for just a little bit here. 
You know, up until this point, it's, it's really been your parents that have been drawing you to worship, having you be a part of education. Maybe you've done that on your own, and, and I just want to give a praise and thanksgiving to God for that. But, but you're going to be tempted once you get out of the house, right? That, that bed on Sunday mornings is going to look all too comfortable. And, but here's the warning I want to give to you right now. I slept in on Sunday mornings, and look where it got me. I could never, never do that ever, ever again, right? God got me. So that's just a warning, warning for you as you go out on your own. But what is that excuse? What, what are you removing yourselves from when, when you decide not to engage fully in that life, that, that community, that opportunity to teach and to pour into others? I know some of you graduates have been pouring into other students, and our students have been blessed, but I know that you've been blessed. Just because you're graduating, don't stop the gift of your time. Don't stop stepping into those places to bless those around you. The church needs it, but you also need it as well. So, so here's the deal. Don't only proclaim it and claim it with your life, but in speech only, but really use that gift to bless the lives of others. So rather than ex- offering excuse after excuse after excuse of stuff that keeps us from st- spending time with God, maybe serving him, answering an invitation, walking with him, spending time in worship, and, and then we start wondering, well, why do I feel so disconnected? What would it mean to enter into that relationship? What would it mean to open that invitation that you already have been given. In fact, I need a volunteer this morning. Anybody feel like being a volunteer this morning? Help me out. So, just one church. One, yeah, come on up, come on up. Please, thank you. I appreciate you so much coming up. I appreciate, okay, here's, here's what it is. So, so I want to give you this envelope, and you can have what's inside this envelope. There you go. But here's the deal. Don't open it, Okay. It's yours. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give a round of applause. Great volunteer. For those of you who are wondering what's in it, it's, it's a $20, $20 gift, a gift card to Chick-fil-A. So you just can't use it today, but, but that's your, but don't open it. Don't open it. Okay? Does that make any sense? Don't open the gift you've been given. And it's not just a gift that we don't know anything about. You know, we, we know what God is offering us in terms of life, but oftentimes we just carry it around and, and we don't take advantage of that thing. Church, what excuses are we given? Jesus offers us this invitation each and every day to partner with him in the work of the kingdom. He gives us opportunity after opportunity. And as you even walk out these doors, after even in this space, he offers you an invitation. So what's it going to take to answer that call? What is it going to take to to allow those excuses to kind of be pushed to the side that your life may be blessed and the lives of those around you be blessed? You know, our text for today continues and it talks about how how God, how this this master continues to invite over and over and over again. And that invitation never stops. It's truly up to us to open it up and to experience and to walk into what God has prepared for us. So your homework for this week, what I want you to do, I I want you uh, to please read Luke chapter 9, verse 57, 60 through 62. Luke chapter 14, verse 25 through 33, they're the texts that I referenced. And as you're reading those texts, check out the excuses that were given here, okay? Then after you read that, you can even read the text that I used as my message base from Luke chapter 14, verse 15 to 24. You can use that one as well. But reflect on these questions. What's keeping me from responding to God's invitation on a regular basis? What, what is that hurdle? 
What's keeping you from doing that? The second thing, what excuse has I been giving? And then what I want you to do is I want you to apply it. What invitation can I respond to this week in terms of my walk of faith? God, Jesus, are offering you right now an invitation for your lives and lives of others to be blessed. And I pray that we would not only receive that invitation, but we would open it and step into it. Amen.